Hello, greetings. This is Dr. Kim at Grazia Plena, and I am happy to be with you here again on a Thursday uh, to go over a program having to do with social support and recovery. And uh, these, this is a series on recovery issues. Uh, let's begin with a brief period of uh, getting ourselves focused and still and quiet to be open to the Holy Spirit as we cover this topic today and think about our healing and recovery. Uh, when we're still and quiet, we can hear God's voice. We can listen to what's going on and moving within us. Uh, and so uh, letting all the distractions of the world uh, go away. Uh, letting all of our concerns be put on the back burner for for a few minutes uh, is a good thing to do as we get started in um, uh, in a bit of silence, and then we'll have our opening prayer. So if you're watching on video, we can recite this opening prayer together. Uh, we'll begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Holy Spirit, we call upon you now to join us in this hour in a special way. We ask for your wisdom and healing. Encourage and inspire us with clear thinking, understanding, and truth, and fill us with a fire of your deep and satisfying love. Amen. The Father, and the Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, I wanted to mention some of you are watching on uh, video, uh, but the audio portion of this uh, program is also captured for podcast. Uh, some of you like to listen in the car or when you're walking or jogging or exercises, and that's a great thing too. Um, and so the podcast can be found on Anchor, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, and Spotify. Feel free to share these podcasts with your friends in case they might be interested in this uh, program as well. Uh, so the previous uh, session, the previous meeting, uh, we covered the topic of Pentecost and recovery because uh, last weekend was Pentecost Sunday. Um, and so we kind of put this interesting mashup together of these two concepts. Uh, often people probably wouldn't put them together, but I think it's very easy to link them together. Uh, the Holy Spirit is involved in healing. Uh, Pentecost is, of course, a celebration of the coming of the Holy Spirit. Uh, the Holy Spirit is actively working in us throughout our recovery at each step of the way. Uh, we can see the movement of the Holy Spirit in us. Uh, the Holy Spirit breathes new life into us uh, as we die to sin. That's a wonderful thing. Uh, recovery in the Spirit frees us up to love and to live life full of grace, and that's a great thing, too. Uh, if you want to go back and check out that uh, video or podcast uh, about Pentecost and the Holy Spirit, you're certainly invited and welcome to do that. Uh, but today, the focus is on uh, relational issues and recovery. Um, 
And so we'll go through this topic uh, uh, briefly today. Uh, so the first consideration is that um, addictions and mental illnesses often serve to isolate us for a variety of reasons. Uh, because of um, carrying out these behaviors that sometimes we're ashamed of, uh, these mental illnesses may, may cause us to feel certain ways where we just feel like we can't be out in public, uh, we can't participate in the flow of life. Uh, addictions and mental illnesses, one of the uh, negative consequences, the difficult consequences of them is that they leave us kind of turned in on ourselves, unfortunately, which is uh, part of the problem and, and part of the damage that occurs. Um, people that are in recovery for various things, uh, as I talk with them, often find that their earliest wounds, uh, uh, emotional injuries, wounds, uh, traumas, uh, difficulties they experienced in childhood often uh, were usually relational. They had to do with uh, other people. So they may have been siblings, they may have been from parents, they may have been from someone that abused them, someone that bullied them, uh, teachers and so forth. Uh, early wounds can uh, almost always be traced back to some relational hurt or injury, uh, often back into childhood. Our early uh, our addictions and afflictions uh, may lead to damaged relationships. So as our addictions get going um, early in the process, we begin to have problems with other people. They start giving us negative feedback, uh, telling us that we need to change, that what we're doing is not acceptable. Similar things happen with anxiety and other mental illnesses uh, bring us into conflict with others. And as, as we struggle and suffer, uh, sometimes other people are not uh, helping us so much, and we end up burning bridges sometimes. Um, common in afflictions of, of various types, physical and mental illnesses and uh, addictions and uh, unhealthy attachments, relationships, uh, we find experiences of shame and uh, stigma and secrecy. These things drive people uh, to withdraw from uh, the community, unfortunately, as we're talking about uh, isolation that happens. Um, shame is a terrible feeling about ourself, our identity, about who we are. It's kind of beyond guilt. Uh, it's it's an unhealthy uh, aspect uh, of guilt and uh, it serves no good purpose, really, shame. Um, whereas guilt can serve a healthy corrective function for us. Uh, stigma is just a, a feeling of being wounded and uh, separate and, and the secrecy, of course, is to, to kind of hide what we're ashamed about. Uh, we commonly try to solve problems on our own, big problems, little problems. Um, our pride drives us to, uh, to want to deal with them uh, without asking for any help, without involving others, because we just don't want them to know. Sometimes we're embarrassed, humiliated, and so forth. Uh, so what are the healing aspects of, of uh, relational uh, connections? What are the healing aspects of fellowship that we find often so key and important in recovery processes? Uh, well, for one, uh, fellowships, relationships can offer us support. Um, we, we are able to lean on each other and, and help each other. Uh, so we have a uh, sense of acceptance uh, of people bringing, coming together with common problems and 
uh, feeling that it's okay, that, that somebody hears them and knows what they're going through. Um, we get encouragement in fellowships uh, where people gather around particular issues. Uh, and there's a transmission of hope as people come together uh, to discuss and get support on an issue in recovery. Uh, hope is really a critical key ingredient in successful recovery. Um, in fellowships, uh, recovery fellowships, we learn that others share problems similar to us, and that just in itself provides some relief and healing that we we begin to feel that we're not so different, we're not so alone, um, that other people deal with similar issues that others struggle too. Um, in a fellowship where we find a safe place that we can talk about uh, the experiences that we've had, some of them very painful and difficult and, and uh, have been just on our own. We can share them with others and it kind of takes the secret uh, power away from keeping those secrets. Um, when we keep secrets, they, uh, they develop a, a power on their own that keep us sick. And so uh, one of the healing aspects of fellowship is to share those secrets, to share emotions, thoughts, uh, experiences, behaviors, um, to tell others about them kind of in a, in a, in a sort of confession uh, so that they can be understood and, and uh, accepted and forgiven. Um, in healing uh, relationships, uh, in healing fellowships, uh, we find approaching another person for assistance, asking for help, is, a, is an action of humility and increases humility, uh, something that we learn to uh, overcome that self-reliance by reaching out to others uh, and saying, hey, can you help me through this difficulty and go through it together? Um, one thing that happens in recovery fellowships is this uh, sense of mentorship. So um, I, I learn from somebody else who's been there before me. I find out from them what they've did that works for them. Uh, and I've, I've allowed them to, to guide me. So I've kind of surrendered uh, to the fellowship in a way and, and uh, surrendered to God's guidance in a, in a way. Um, and this is part of what uh, brings the healing process through a social interaction and recovery. Uh, through fellowships, uh, recovery fellowships, we have a chance at uh, being accountable uh, because we were engaging in so many of our uh, addictive behaviors and, and aspects of mental illness because we were engaging and in, in dealing with those issues on our own by ourselves. Uh, we weren't accountable to anybody. We we're keeping things secret. And so uh, in, in sharing in re recovery and fellowships, uh, we learned to be honest about what's going on with us, let a lot of the people know what we're planning to do, uh, what we've been doing. Um, and, and that brings accountability sometimes for the first time. And it's a, a critical part of the healing process. Uh, in addition, uh, we can make good, healthy friendships in uh, recovery and uh, fellowships. Uh, sometimes uh, our, our past uh, experiences and, and addictions and uh, mental illnesses have, have caused us to be around unhealthy people. Uh, people that have uh, led us in the wrong way, people that have enabled us perhaps or been codependent with us. And uh, as we trade in those other relationships, we adopt new healthy friendships uh, in the context of recovery uh, groups. And uh, that helps us uh, to continue our make our good progress in uh, recovery. 
Uh, in addition, after we find healing through the recovery process, uh, something in us, uh, a spirit of gratitude, causes us to want to give back to people uh, to help them uh, too. And that's uh, an essential part of the uh, social aspect of um, healing relationships. Uh, and then finally, uh, we learn not to rely on our own self, uh, but to to draw on the power of the fellowship, to draw on the power of others uh, for our coping with life, for our dealing with life's challenges, for uh, learning to manage our emotions, for uh, solving problems. Uh, you know, two heads, three heads, four heads are better than one. Uh, and so the fellowship provides us that sense of strength and power. Uh, and, and then also um, fellowship, being with others and, and sharing in an intimate way, emotional intimacy, uh, takes away a sense of loneliness that has come with the isolation uh, that we experienced before. Uh, so that's our, our topic today. It has to do with the social aspects of recovery. It's a quick, quick look in, at those things and something for you to consider. Um, I remind you that on our Grazia Plana website, uh, we have resources for um, chastity issues, if that's the, the issue that you're struggling with in terms of addictions. Uh, we have a, a good list of readings and websites and resources there. Uh, if you go to our website and you look under um, uh, about information, you'll see a list of resources. It starts out with COVID-19 resources, but if you scroll down just past that, you'll see the uh, chastity resources. If you're watching on the video, uh, you see the website link listed here, as well as a QR code that you can zap with your camera phone, and it will uh, take you to the, those uh, resources on your phone uh, to take a look at. Um, and so let's finish uh, with our closing prayer, as we always do. Um, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. St. Michael, the Archangel, defend us in battle, be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the divine power of God, cast it down, Satan, and all the evil spirits who roam throughout the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Um, the next time we get together, the next session or episode, uh, we're going to talk about co-occurring issues in recovery. Um, sometimes in recovery, we're not dealing with just one thing at a time, one affliction, but we may have multiple issues or afflictions to deal with. That's actually more common than not. And so we'll have a session next time uh, covering those co-occurring co issues and uh, how to navigate, how to manage that through the recovery process. Um, we also like to end by mentioning that this is a free program. We offer these little video and uh, segments and podcasts uh, free of charge. We don't ask uh, anyone to pay to get access to the content. We hope that you'll share it around free content, you know, uh, for your friends and, uh, and share it on social media so more people can get access to it. Um, but if you feel so inclined uh, to make a donation uh, to help support our work, uh, Grazia Plena is an official 501c3 faith-based nonprofit charity. Um, if you're looking on the video, you'll see uh, the link for the uh, donations 
page that's on our website. If you go to the website, it's in the top blue banner, has a donate button, and the QR code is here on the video. You can zap it with your camera, uh, and it will jump you to that uh, place on your phone where you can put in credit card information securely and send us a 5 or $10 donation. We'd be very grateful for that. So thank you, God bless you, and we will see you next time. Hello, welcome to the continuing series uh, on recovery issues. Uh, I am Dr. Ken from Grazia Plena, and I'm happy to share this program with you today, uh, part of a series on uh, a variety of different issues that look at spiritual and psychological aspects of recovery from addictions, afflictions, uh, unhealthy attachments to things of the world and people and so on. Um, how we might explore these and, and find recovery through uh, through these things and, and find a deeper relationship with our God also in the midst of these issues, <clears throat> uh, finding healing with the help of, of God and the help of others around us as well. Uh, today's topic is co-occurring issues in recovery. And uh, we will begin with an opening prayer, as we always do, to invoke uh, the power of the Holy Spirit. If you're, uh, work, if you're watching on video, then you can read the prayer along with me. Um, if you are listening on the podcast, uh, then you can just simply follow along and uh, open your heart to, to this prayer. Uh, before we recite the opening prayer, we always like to begin with just a very brief period of stillness and quiet uh, to help ourselves focus in on this topic, uh, to be open to it, uh, and also to kind of clear away the distractions of the world, the, the noise of the world. There's so much noise and distraction, especially today when we've got uh, the COVID pandemic going and we have the economy and and uh, difficult place. We've also got uh, racial tensions and riots and things. There's just a lot of things to preoccupy us. So we'll take a few moments of stillness and quiet to let those things go to the back burner for now so that we can focus on this topic. Very good. So let's begin as we always do in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we call upon you now to join us in this hour in a special way. We ask for your wisdom and your healing. Encourage and inspire us with clear thinking, understanding, and truth. Fill us with the deep and satisfying fire of your love. 
Amen. In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, so <clears throat> if you're watching on video, um, you can see this uh, mention of uh, the audio-only podcasts. Uh, the podcasts are called Encounter with Dr. Kim and is available on a number of different platforms, Anchor, Breaker, uh, Google Podcasts, uh, Overcast, Pocket Casts, uh, Radio Public, um, and you know, feel free to share these podcasts with your friends if you think they might benefit from this, these topics, this, this series. Uh, if, if you're um, watching on video, the, the podcast, the audio part is recorded at the same time, so it should match up. Uh, and some people prefer podcasts when they're walking or if they're, you know, cooking or cleaning around the house or uh, maybe if they're driving in the car. Uh, and sometimes videos are nice. If, nice. if you're listening on uh, the podcast, sometimes videos are nice. If you can sit still, maybe in a place where you can watch and take notes and, you know, pause and, and uh, rewind and things like that. So videos or podcasts work differently for different people. Uh, you're welcome to do whatever works the best for you. Uh, so the previous meeting, we talked about um, social support issues in recovery. And uh, we talked about the healing power of relationship. You know, when relationships are good, they, they are life-giving and healing and positive. Uh, when relationships are, are not so good, they can be damaging and destructive and create wounds and so forth. Um, but we know that, that uh, the power of social support or relationship and recovery is really uh, an essential thing for most people that are seeking healing from addictions and other uh, afflictions. Um, fellowship of recover of uh, in recovery work, the fellowship overturns this sense of isolation where we can be kind of drawn into ourselves in the secrecy and the dysfunction of addictions and mental illnesses and things. And so uh, beginning to turn ourselves back out uh, in society and socializing and getting support from others can be an essential healing aspect in our recovery. Uh, where <clears throat> the same famous saying from the AA 12-step community, uh, we are only as sick as our secrets. And so there's something powerful about uh, talking about our issues, being open and honest and accountable accountable about what we're struggling with, what we're working on, what we're dealing with. Uh, it's one of the aspects of confession in addition to the, uh, the sacramental healing and grace of uh, the sacrament of confession. The idea of sharing our secrets with another person is also an important part of the, uh, the therapy of, of, the, of the sacrament, if you will. Um, people that are uh, in recovery together, working uh, in recovery uh, groups like 12-step groups, uh, they find like-minded supporters, people that share their same goals, are working on the same issues, um, and it helps to bring them encouragement, strength, and hope. They rely on each other and support in that way, help each other in their recovery. Um, this type of social support that we're talking about can be individual support, peer-to-peer, uh, -peer, or you know, with a mentor or counselor. 
social support also might be in the form of small groups or larger groups like 12-step groups. Um, and then there's a lot of different options for adding this ingredient of social support in your recovery. They may be recovery programs. They might be um, fellowships like Knights of Columbus or Catholic Daughters or Women's Bible Studies or Women's Acts. Uh, all these different types of uh, potential programs can be very helpful in our recovery process. Uh, that man issue, things like that. So um, consider just any variety of social supports that might be part of your recovery program. So let's get to the topic today it has to do with co-occurring issues. Why, why should we be concerned about or talk about co-occurring issues in recovery? Um, first of all, it's more common than not for a person to be dealing with more than just one type of affliction or addiction or mental illness. Uh, we find it very common, and in fact, uh, almost expected. Uh, if somebody is dealing with these issues, we, we, we might ask them about other aspects of their lives. And we find out uh, that there is just more than one thing going on. And so uh, that can be very helpful to know about these other issues. Um, it's a temptation uh, to just pick out one issue if there's multiple issues, to pick one and to work on it and address it and not the other. Um, in the early days of addiction uh, recovery in, the, in a formal uh, medical psychological sense, um, sometimes we saw these turf wars where the person might have a mental illness, say, and an addiction. And uh, if they landed in the addiction recovery facility, then the mental illness was not addressed very much because you know, that was, that was the turf of the uh, people working on the addiction recovery and vice versa. If the person landed in uh, a psychiatric type of program and they had an addiction, then the, the focus was more on the psychiatric issues and the addiction was minimized. And so uh, the, the turf wars sometimes created in the old days of recovery, turf wars sometimes created these temptations just to focus on one and not the other. Uh, we know that that didn't work very well, and so uh, most of the most of the time we don't do that anymore. Um, if if we want to increase the likelihood of success, research is very clear uh, that it's important to address uh, the multiple issues, the co-occurring issues in recovery, whether it's mental illness, uh, addiction, whether it's family problems, uh, 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 vocational problems, whatever the issues might be that are co-occurring. If we, if we know very clearly in, in the outcome studies, if we want to increase uh, success, we deal with all of them, any of them that are uh, involved. Uh, we know that uh, if a person has um, got, a, got an, a particular type of addiction, let's say a pornography addiction, um, if they also drink some uh, and we find them working on their pornography addiction and trying to uh, get free from it, that all of a sudden their alcohol uh, issues may get worse if they're not relying on the pornography for self-medication anymore. And then we just see the, the substitute addiction of alcohol develop. Now that happens in a variety of different uh, ways uh, in co-occurring issues. And so it's good to be alert for that. Uh, it's good for the people uh, to look for that as they're uh, supporting and accompanying the person in recovery. Uh, it's very common for that to happen as well. 
Um, we want to focus in recovery, uh, the, really the state of the art approach these days uh, in psychology and, and uh, recovery communities is the, the kind of the complete total health and healing of the person, not just one part of the person, but all aspects of what it means to be human. So that, that's why many recovery programs today, they integrate spiritual and psychological and emotional and mental and intellectual and and physical, all these different parts of what it means to be human uh, as the person is regaining or, or growing in their health and recovery. Uh, and then finally, the best, uh, because of the integration of these different aspects of what it means to be human, the best treatment approaches are the ones that are integrated and collaborative. So if you pull a team of people together to work on addiction issues or recovery from mental illness, um, you might you might have a person that focuses on the spiritual element and a different person that focuses on, on vocational rehab or vocational guidance and a person, you know, counselor that works on the mental health issues and so forth. Uh, so you have, you know, the collaborative uh, uh, aspect of the treatment is really the goal. It's one of the things that medicine hasn't always done so well in the past to have different doctors and treatment professionals working together. Uh, but it's something that we're trying to improve in, in modern day medicine. And it's always for the, for the good benefit of the person that's uh, working on their healing. So what are, what are some of the possible co-occurring issues uh, that, we, that we may see in uh, looking at, at uh, recovery? Uh, so first of all is, is another addiction. I mentioned that briefly. You know, you have a a person that's got a alcohol addiction and then something else, maybe it's gambling. You know, we see those things go together. A person that has a gambling addiction, it's not unusual for them to have an alcohol addiction. Maybe they're doing those things together sometimes. Uh, so we, we frequently see people coming into recovery with multiple addictions. And so then we, we try to deal with uh, those at the same time, address each of them. Um, another possibility is you have a person uh, that has multiple mental illnesses. So a person that's got um, depression, but they also have obsessive compulsive disorder. So they they address both of those. There's different dynamics to each of those. Uh, so so we, we don't just pick one and work on one. We also see the person that may have um, an addiction, like maybe social, uh, like um, uh, like a drug addiction issue, and then they also have social anxiety, so they've got anxiety and mental illness and an addiction issue. Uh, we see those co-occurring issues quite frequently as well. Um, a person could also have a personality disorder, and, and personality disorder is a pattern, a long-term pattern in adulthood of, of having relationship problems of various types. Uh, it's not unusual to see a personality disorder with an addiction or a personality disorder with a mental illness. Uh, and again, you know, the su successful approach or intervention uh, deals with both of those things together. Uh, we may also see medical problems with these other types of afflictions. So uh, we know, for example, that people that are having cardiac problems and surgery, uh, those people often suffer from depression. And so it's very common uh, for a cardiac surgeon to prescribe an antidepressant uh, to deal with both issues. Um, so we, we look at, you know, 
different medical physical illnesses along with addictions or mental illnesses. Uh, we may also commonly see a marriage or family problem along with an addiction. Addictions are very hard on marriages and families. Uh, mental illnesses are as well. So we see the person that's, that's struggling with uh, depression and they're also having difficult time with their parents and their parents are very concerned about them. And so often in the mental health world and the addiction recovery world, uh, we're providing treatment to families uh, as, as we're also providing treatment to that individual person and that helps uh, ensure the successful recovery. Um, and then also, it's not unusual for us to find spiritual religious issues. Um, the 12-step world knew this very well and built uh, the spiritual aspects into their program very intimately. Uh, we see early in the 12 steps, uh, steps two and three, dealing with uh, working out issues with God to lay a good foundation for recovery. So with, with addictions and mental illnesses, we see people also struggling with, with spiritual distress. And so uh, in an organization like Grazia Plena or other faith-based counseling organizations that are similar, uh, we see the integration of working on spiritual issues along with the recovery uh, from addictions and mental illnesses and things. Uh, it's very common. So what can we do about co-occurring issues when, when we see them uh, going on in a person that's trying to enter recovery? Uh, well, as I'm, as I'm kind of already hinting and suggesting, it's good for us to address both or all of these issues together. Sometimes people are, are like overwhelmed, like how in the world can I do that? How can I work on all these issues? Um, and and it's, it is possible with a good guide and good support system uh, it's, it's possible for a person to, to begin to deal with these issues, to sort them out, untangle them, and to look at them uh, with some help. A person doesn't have to recover. In fact, uh, perhaps a person can't recover on, them, on their own by themselves. If we were trying to work through co-occurring issues all by ourselves, it would probably be overwhelming. It would be really difficult. But with the help, of, the help of God and others, we can make good progress in addressing these uh, co-occurring issues at the same time. My suggestion and the, and the typical suggestion of the best practice of the mental health and recovery field is to develop uh, a unique personalized plan of change or treatment plan to deal with all these issues. So in your treatment plan, you've got, you know, the depression is one goal, working on one area. You've got the addiction to um, to food or, or over compulsive overeating as part of the recovery plan, and then maybe you've got a spiritual issue in there. Maybe you've got a family marriage relationship issue, and so you kind of outline these different aspects in the treatment plan, as well as maybe uh, some action steps that you can work on under each one. So you know, here's some actions I'm going to take on the depression. Here's some actions I'm going to take on the on the eating issue. Here's some actions I'm going to take on my medical health. Here's some action I'll take in working on the spiritual and the, the family part. So those will get outlined and specified in the actions identified in the treatment plan. Um, also, it might be wise to assemble the people that are going to work on these different issues together, and you can do that in the in the uh, the treatment plan. So. You know, I'm going to work with this nutrition person as part of my plan. I'm going to work with this 
psychologist is this part of the plan. I'm going to work with this spiritual director, this part of my plan. And uh, in recovery, it is this, this, these people. So uh, from addiction. So uh, we have the people involved and those people, we can begin to form them together in a team to collaborate for the recovery. Um, I would say that it's really important the person can learn this through the process of recovery, uh, to have patience, to have fortitude, to develop persistence, um, honesty, and humility. These are all important things uh, when it comes to working on co-occurring issues. And this develops us, informs us, and rehabilitates us uh, into a, a better person as we develop these virtues and these values and these char positive character traits uh, to deal with co-occurring issues. Uh, like I'm saying a lot, it's really good for us to get report uh, support of others in our recovery process, uh, to call in the support of God and our guardian angel and, and our favorite saints into the recovery process and other people around us, sometimes family, sometimes people in recovery with us. Uh, to, to have support of a counselor, a spiritual director, all, all these kinds of uh, aspects of our support system to help us in the recovery process. So that's a quick look at this issue, this idea, this issue of a co-occurring uh, problems or challenges in our recovery is very common. Don't get discouraged. Don't get overwhelmed. It is possible to work through them. Uh, so have, please have hope and, and please uh, face all these things uh, in, with honesty. Um, I always like to point out that on our Grazia Plana website, uh, we have a link to some resources. Uh, if you go under the uh, About Us part of our menu, uh, you'll see the link to the resources. And at the top of the resources are some resources for COVID issues. And then underneath that are resources for, especially for chastity issues. Uh, many that are watching this program are struggling with uh, various sexual chastity issues. Uh, so we're happy to guide you to that. Um, if you're looking on the, um, on the video, you'll see the link spelled out there if you want to find it that way. And there's also a QR code. If you're watching on the video, you can uh, use a QR code reader with your phone camera. Or sometimes if you've got an Apple uh, iTunes camera, it'll just take you to the link if you point your camera at this QR code. Um, and as we always do, uh, we will close with a prayer together. As we always say in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the divine power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who roam throughout the world seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. The Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, thank you for listening today. I hope you've benefited from considering this aspect in your recovery of the multiple issues, the co-occurring issues. Um, next time, next topic, next session, we'll be looking at addressing fears and resentments in recovery, two of the most common stumbling blocks uh, for recovery from mental illnesses, from addictions, for other unhealthy things in our life. 
uh, is holding on to fears or being stuck in fears and resentments. We'll tackle that next time uh, for our topic. Uh, and again, well, we welcome you to share these videos and podcasts with your friends and post them. Uh, we're happy to have you link to them so that others may benefit. You, may, you never know who you may help by sharing these things. Uh, this content is free. We don't charge people uh, to have access to it. We want the public to uh, access it as much as they possibly can, so we give it away. Um, but if you are inclined to support our work through a, a donation, we're very happy to receive that and honored. Uh, Grazia Plena is a 501c3 official faith-based nonprofit charity. Uh, if you go on our website, you'll see at the very top blue banner of the page, there's a, a link for donations. Um, also in the menu system, it's, it says join us and there's a place to uh, make a donation or payment for services there. Um, if you're looking at our uh, website, uh, our video, you'll see the link to the website there. And there's a, another QR code that uh, you can read with your QR code reader or uh, a camera phone. You can zap it. It'll take you on your phone to that place in the website. Um, so we hope you enjoyed the topic today. God bless you. Take care. We'll see you next time.